you came out tonight early, aggressive. What was different for you tonight in terms of just setting the tone with your game in this game? Ball. 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 This is Orange Ball Juice, the show where I, a poorly informed basketball fan, make my teenage sons co-host a podcast with me so that they can tell their dad what to think about the NBA and hopefully help me win my fantasy pool. So, without further ado... Ball. Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Orange Ball Juice. Always fresh, never toxic, family-friendly basketball blabber. My name is Brooks, and as always, uh, with me are my own personal household NBA analysts, my two teenage sons, to my left, Spencey G. How's it going? I'm having a pretty good morning so far. Great. And to my right, Marky Man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Great. Okay. Well, um, we are uh, just wrapped up week four in the NBA. We're looking ahead to week five and beyond. Uh, it, the date today is uh, Sunday, November 13th, 2022. So staring down week five, looking back at week four and uh, and everything in between. Um one thing I uh, I want to I want to talk about is our last night's games. You know, it was a Saturday night was a busy night uh, in the NBA last night, and uh, a lot of amazing amazing games, amazing performances by some star players. And uh, you know, obviously, let's pour one out for the Raptors. That's two losses in a row, plagued by injuries. You know, Siakam out, Precious out, Freddie out, um, and it's hard for us to win when we're depleted like that. But we'll talk about the Raptors later. Let's move on to some of the other stories in the NBA from uh, last night, which was Saturday, November 12th. Um, I think uh, let's just do a quick rundown. Um, The Nets, another win for the Nets. Durant playing out of his mind, 27 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, beating the Clippers. So have the Nets figured things out, Spencey? Um, I think they are actually starting to figure things out a bit. I think I've been hearing it a lot. It does seem like they're playing better without Kyrie. It just seems like that. Um, I don't know. Kadee's been playing well, and uh, it was a pretty close game until the fourth, and the Nets just completely steamrolled the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, and the every there's high expectations on the Clippers. Obviously, I don't think Kawhi played last night no. again. Um, but what do you think of the Nets and their kind of They've strung together a few, you know, they had the really slow start, but now it looks like it's Durant, fully Durant's team. And uh, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, I think they they figured it out a little bit. I don't know. We still have no idea if they're going to be good or not. Like, if they, hopefully, they can keep winning these games, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, they're still they're six and seven. Yeah. Um, but they've won. They they won two in a row. Um, so they're. Yeah, and and Durant is being Durant, so who knows? Um, Utah and Washington played last night. Uh, maybe Utah came back to earth a little bit. You know, they're still the number one team in the West, but they did lose to the the the, the lowly Wizards. Um, so maybe that's a sign of things to come or a sign of reality. Maybe. What do you guys think, Spencey? Um, I don't know. I still think you know. I mean. Great teams have lost to bad teams this season. Like it happens. Um, I don't know. Like the Jazz, I at this point, I truly do think that they 
maybe not playoff, but in terms of regular season record, they're I think they're for real. I mean, they're top 10 in offensive and uh, defensive efficiency. And they haven't even had an easy schedule. It's been like... No, they beat good yeah, teams, it seems like. Yeah, they beat some really good teams. Yeah, and I, I apologize for referring to the Wizards as the lowly Wizards because they're 7-6. and six. They're not yeah, that lowly. Not that <laughs> that's not fair. Um, I don't think anybody expects them to finish fifth in the East, but that's where they are right now. So I shouldn't have called them lowly. <laughs> they're not so lowly. What do you think about uh, Utah? Are they for real? I mean, they, they're, they're, they're still putting it together. I think in earlier episode, uh, Marky, you were saying that you don't think they're for real. But, you know, what's yeah. the, like Markkanen's playing out of his mind. So Yeah. I mean, I, 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 think, I don't think they're, they're going to be the one seed. They, I, I think they're going to be pretty good, but they're definitely not the one seed. It'll definitely drop down. But what I, I heard that, you know, everybody always brings this up, you know, certain teams, they make a trade and they're going to tank mm-hmm. and that's the plan and blah, 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 blah. So what's the deal with them? I mean, they still got, are they going to, are they going to just say at some point this season, let's trade away some guys like Conley or whoever we can and just, we're going to rebuild or if this team keeps performing, do they kind of say, mm, maybe we'll just see how this shakes out? What do you think? Um, I mean, it seems like they somehow accidentally got pretty lucky on both ends. They still have a good team, and they also still got a bunch of draft picks. So I guess they won't have super high picks, but you never know. It does seem like they've the Jazz have said that their veterans are like, they're still open to trading, and so they could still potentially tank. Um, We'll see. I think if they do start to play worse and it seems like they're not going to be anything special, then I think they might end up trading some players. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. I was listening to some, I don't really know um, too much about Markkinen, but he came the other way with the Donovan Mitchell trade to Cleveland, Mm -hmm. right? And he was, that was, and he was only there for, in Cleveland for one year. And so I always like these stories where these guys that are considered good, um, suddenly are put in a position where they get to be a team leader and then they show what they're actually capable of and it kind of surprises everyone and it's nice to see that there's still in a sport like basketball lots of surprises you never know what's going to happen with a certain player gets a, and he's a huge huge guy I didn't mm-hmm. realize that he's like mm. all, I think he's almost seven feet but he doesn't play center he plays like I guess he's like a wing of some kind he's kind of like a, a, a forward yeah um but he's gigantic and he's been playing really well so it's fun it's fun to see mm-hmm. um <clears throat> we got uh, we also had uh boston and De- detroit uh last night no surprise there the celtics won 117 108 tatum again had a crazy game 43 points 10 rebounds three assists is he the best player in the nba spency right now mm. uh no um <laughs> Like it's you could one hundred percent make a case for him. Um, I, I think it's still probably Luca or KD. I think. It oh, you and not and Giannis not is off the I get, list like, now. They're all <laughs> just averaging crazy points. So you're saying Tatum's? Like, I don't know. Is he top five? For sure. Yeah. Okay. What would you say, Marky? Uh, yeah, he, I don't think he's the best player. Um, yeah, maybe top five around that number five. All right. So, but I mean, he's been putting up consistently great numbers. He's also hasn't been injured at all. So, you know, uh, it's hard. I mean, Giannis, if he, it's hard to say if he, how, how well he's, he's been playing amazing when he's on Mm -hmm. the court, but you know, he's already 
missed a couple games. So Tatum hasn't missed any games as far as I know and is playing out of his mind. And I think he came out, I think the knock on him in previous seasons is that he started slow, but that Mm -hmm. has not been the case this year. So, um, you know, look out for him. I think he's definitely in the running for uh, MVP um, already. And we'll see how it shakes out over the season because he's young, right? You Mm -hmm. know, and he seems durable. So hopefully he stays healthy and we'll just, uh, we'll see how far he goes. Um, uh, the Sixers, uh, Raptors, arch enemies, beat the Hawks. Um, Embiid looking amazing in that yeah. game, like absolutely dominant. What did you think of uh, Embiid's performance in that game, Spencer? I mean, yeah, it was a season best performance. I mean, if Embiid's gonna play like that, I don't think any team has a chance. Like he, when he's playing his best, I honestly think he's the most dominant player in the league. Like there's no, there's no stopping him. Uh, what did you think of his performance? Marcus, 42 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, but the thing is, though, he I know he hasn't been playing lots of games, but, like, superstars are going to have games like that, and I don't see him as being, like, maybe he'll be top 5 this year, but I don't, like, I don't see, I see guys being, like, way over him. Like, he's, we know, we sh- we should see him, like, play amazing this year but like everyone's gonna have games like that especially like superstar players so I don't think it's that insane to see sure I mean the question for them uh, I guess is they have you know two bona fide superstars uh, with Harden and Embiid and then they have you know Ty- Tyrese Maxey on the rise and we've been seeing all these different looks of that team what do you think is th- is I mean is it just better to have all three of them out and then are they I- unstoppable or is a certain combination of players better? What do you think? Um, to be honest, it does seem like it seems when Maxi plays really well that it does sort of change their whole offense. And I do think they win more games when Maxi seems to be sort of leading the team. Um, yeah, I think it's better. Like, because we've seen multiple games this year where both Harden and Embiid have an amazing game, but they still lose. Yeah. So, and especially at least what I've seen against the Raptors, when Maxi plays well, like they're they seem pretty crazy. And do you think that's because the league or other teams have not adjusted to um, the the version of the Sixers where Maxi mm-hmm. is playing well and may, they just they they obviously you have to spend so much time trying to figure out how to neutralize Embiid and or Harden yeah. that you know it's just too For much. Sure. Like it, it's a hundred percent too much. I mean. Embiid can be, if he wants to, he can be the most dominant player in the league, like physically. And James Harden, you can't can't leave James Harden open. No, you can't. Like, so if he's playing well, it's just it just seems like there's nothing you can even do. Yeah. All right. Well, also um, the Heat beat the Hornets, one thirty two, one fifteen. We're not going to talk too much about that game, although Ball is back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got they got beat. Who cares? You know, yeah. I don't care about the Hornets. No. Um, <laughs> uh, the Mavericks and the Blazers had a, a big tilt last night, and it was a big story because, I mean, Lillard played out of his mind, 29 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds, and he's on my fantasy team, so that was good news for me. But Doncic had an even better game with uh, 42 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, Luca, you know, he had a streak of 30-point games broken earlier mm-hmm. in the week. But, I mean, the guy is, you know, it seems like he's in midseason form and he looks absolutely unstoppable. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Marcus? Well, as I was saying, 
the difference between like Doncic and Embiid is that Doncic has been having these games, games like in crazy games consistently, and everybody's like, with Embiid, like, congratulations, you haven't been you haven't been playing, but yeah, you had one great game, but Doncic is just like showing up every single game and just going playing out of his mind, and and mm-hmm. theoretically. He doesn't have as much support. Like he doesn't have as many no, good players around him, does he? No. I mean, it, I there's not much to say. He's just playing like an absolute monster. At this point, he would be my MVP choice. Yeah, he looks like he's he's making the case. He's sort of moved into maybe the number one spot just because mm-hmm. he's he hasn't missed any games either. I don't think. Um, maybe, I, maybe maybe he missed one, one but like that still doesn't yeah. matter, honestly. I think he probably. Yeah, I mean, we'll. we'll He's probably, I, I would imagine, he's going to end up being player of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last um, game, just very quickly, uh, Pelicans-Rockets. The Pelicans came out on top 119-106. Um, the Pelicans seem to be, like, they're not quite as great as some people thought. They've also had injury problems, and they're looking a little bit like they haven't quite gotten it together and figured out yeah. their team identity. But, I mean, they're, I still think, you know, they have some great players, and they can be they can be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um but they're they they haven't quite figured it out. I don't know if uh, if um, I don't know where they're going to end up in, in the West. What do you think, Spencer? Yeah, I I'm just excited to see. I think they yeah they just haven't had an opportunity to get their true team to sort of work together and get that chemistry. But I think if everyone stays healthy and they can really um, you know get a chance to play with each other for real, uh, they could be extremely good. Okay, so I mean, I'm just having. Uh, if we're just looking back at, at, at last week, we can talk about um, some of the games that you guys made predictions for, and we'll we'll kind of get a sense of, you know, through that we'll maybe we'll get a sense of the changes that have already started to happen. I think in in the NBA in week four, and the different the teams that are starting to disappoint, and the teams that are starting to maybe get it together and overachieve, or at least get back on track. So um, on Monday. Um, there was a Cleveland, Cleveland and Clippers game. Uh, Marcus, you picked Cleveland to win that one, one twenty one oh eight. But actually, the Clippers pulled it out, one nineteen one seventeen. And uh, Paul George had another amazing game. What uh, What do you think was the story with that game? Um, I think the story was they had the Clippers had like, I think it looked like almost six guys with fifteen points or more, and like the the players on the on Cavaliers played great. Like all their starters had great games. Yeah, I think it was just a matter of like Kawhi's out, so the players, like the their bench guys, stepped up, and Paul George obviously had a great game. So yeah, yeah, and it, it was close. I mean, it was mm-hmm. they they won by two, so it looked like it was a really good game. I, I didn't actually watch that. Um, did see some highlights. Um, yeah, I mean. Cleveland is now, I think, uh, they're still third yeah. um, uh, in the in the East. Uh, however, they're on a three game skid right now, so maybe they are having a bit of a bumpy road. They got these new star players. Everybody, you know, they're still they still have a great record. They're at eight and four, but they, you know, they 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 were eight and one, and now they're they've they've lost three in a row. Yeah. So we'll see. And the Clippers are kind of you know kind of in the middle I guess they're in eighth place in the west at, at seven and six not terrible but obviously they have 
high expectations. Where do you think the Clippers are going to end up? Is it just going to be the same story all season, no Kawhi and struggling? Spencer? Honestly, I would not be surprised if that's the case. I don't know. Like, Kawhi, he wants to be playing, which is what kind of sucks for Clippers fans too, I feel like. But truth mm-hmm. is, if he does play a majority of games, he'll probably get injured just well, based on how things are going. Like, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I don't think they're going to make an impact in the playoffs. I think it, there seems like they're he's, getting history. He's listed as injured right now. Yes, he's right injured right now. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it seems like there was all – I mean, it seemed in the preseason it was like, oh, he's back. And, yeah, they'll mm-hmm. make – so obviously something happened that we don't fully understand that this injury – is nagging worse isn't he's not recovering as quickly as they thought yeah. it seems like a really bad sign that he's played mm-hmm. as little as he has um anyway um another big game or what we thought was going to be a big game or kind of a fun game because at the time like all the question marks around brooklyn uh was uh new york at brooklyn um on wednesday uh and Spencer, you predicted it was going to be a blowout for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You 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 uh, said one thirty to one eleven, and actually it was quite the opposite with Brooklyn coming out on top, one twelve eighty five over the Knicks, um, and Durant having a crazy game, uh, triple double, twenty nine points, twelve rebounds, twelve assists. So, I mean. Durant is per, yeah. is like is like a one man wrecking crew. What do you what, what do you think of that game and wh- what did it tell you? Um, well, I did some research and I saw there's an interesting stat. KD has not lost to the Knicks since 2013. Um, on any so obviously on any team, any, right? And the Nets actually haven't lost to them in a really long time, actually, which I wasn't aware of. Um, but yeah, I mean the Nets just played well. It seems like they're responding better to. Coach Vaughn. Um, Seth Curry had a great night too, 23 points. He's been, you know, struggling. End of last year, he was struggling and start of this year. Um, and Edmund, their backup point guard, also had a good night, 18 points. So could be the absence of Kyrie plus Katie being well. You never know. It seems like the Knicks, they have trouble playing the Nets for whatever reason. And uh, the Knicks also just played pretty poorly to be honest it just seems like it's pretty sad performance from them just everything just seemed to come together for the Nets there yeah um yeah I mean they're a middle of the pack team they seem to be you know they're on the rise compared to their recent past but yeah I don't think they're any big threat to do anything this season um but uh yeah it was it was interesting to see how badly they got beat though especially like a team everybody's like oh you know Brooklyn's a mess and then and Ben Simmons is a non-factor. Nobody even no. brings him up anymore no, at this point. He's been playing like <laughs> yeah, a bum, to be yeah. honest. Like it just doesn't. And so they, 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 so somebody that they had high hopes with might, hey, maybe he's going to help bolster them. Non-factor. You know, yeah. Kyrie suspended, coaching change, and then what do you know? Yeah. Uh, Durant puts the team on his back and mm. they win, and they win big. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. even close. Anyway. Um, the next uh, on Thursday, there was a game between uh, it was Charlotte at Miami. I think you thought that um, Ball might be back for that mm-hmm. game because you predicted him as your yeah. as your um, your top performer, but he wasn't back. Mm-hmm. And you uh, predicted that it was going to be an upset win for Charlotte, one ten, one hundred two over Miami. Yeah, uh, it wasn't. It was actually um, one seventeen 
uh, for Miami over Charlotte at, at 112. So, and it was Butler, you know, good yeah. old Butler. Had a great game, 35 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Um, but it, it's not like they blew them out. It was only a five-point win. What do mm-hmm. you think the key to that game was? Well, the key to the game is definitely, is obviously Butler playing out of his mind and Bam out of bio, 18 points, 14 rebounds. So whenever he plays good, it seems pretty hard to beat the Heat. And, you know, uh, Struss had a good game, like 14 points. Lowry played okay. But, they again, they had guys like they had about seven players with 10 or more points. And when you have, that's always seems to be the case when you have got when you have teams where guys can score. I mean, obviously the Heat aren't very good, but when guys when like a lot of players can have like double digit games, it it always seems hard to beat them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, the more that if scoring spread out over multiple mm-hmm. guys and double digit, like the Raptors used to be really good for that kind of thing when they were mm-hmm. sort of playing mm-hmm. their best. It was spreading out the scoring a lot, um, yeah. not not relying on one guy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, sorry, it's also just not points too. Like all their other guys had like three rebounds and like four assists. Everybody's chipping yeah. in, yeah, on, yeah, on defense as well. Um, <clears throat> so, what did you think of the Portland uh, New Orleans game on Thursday, Spencer? I think uh, you predicted that the Pelicans would come out on top, one thirty, one twenty-seven, and Zion having a big game. As it turned out, uh, Portland won. Uh, yeah. 106 95 pretty pretty uh solid victory for them uh and i believe grant was the was the team leader yeah. with 29 uh points six rebounds and three assists what was the key to that game um i mean yeah i think i said i wouldn't be surprised if it went either way i think jeremy grant stepping up is is pretty huge um it seemed like portland came out with a lot of energy and the pelicans sort of it was a little rough. Um, Zion still had, you know, 29 points. He played well. Yeah, he played great. Um, I don't know. Like, I've watched a couple interviews, and it seemed like the sort of story or the consensus with the Pelicans is that they just came out with, like, just not enough energy. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Yeah. They just sort of seemed like an off night, and yeah. um, they sort they completely fell apart in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It, yeah, it, and they've been getting sort of criticized for like we mentioned it a little bit before, just this idea that they haven't quite figured out what their identity is mm-hmm. with Zion back in the lineup. He's still their best player, but it's you know I've watched them and and it's not as entertaining as you would hope considering mm-hmm. the, the talent mm-hmm. they have on that team. Um, you know I've also noticed I mean even last night um, Herbert Jones didn't play that well, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. there, I think there was higher expectations on him yeah. and he hasn't lived up to them yet. Um, but the other thing, the other factor is that, you know, you know, uh, Portland, I don't know if Lillard was playing that game. I no, think he, he wasn't. He wasn't playing that game. So, and they still won. And this is an interesting thing. Portland is number three in the West at nine and four. Lillard's been out, was out for two weeks almost. Yeah. And they still kept it together. So obviously they've assembled something there um, that. You know, why do you think they've continued to be successful even with uh, Lillard sitting out a couple games, Marcus? I think it has to do with Jeremy Grant. <clears throat> he's like he, he's he wasn't given the opportunity to play how he plays when he was on the Pistons, and he's definitely showing what he's capable of. He I think he's like when Lillard was injured, he took the role as the leader of the team, and I think that's what the Portland always needed is just a leader. I mean, they had Lillard, but. I mean, Lillard was injured 
all last season, right? So yeah. now that, like, they literally need somebody who was, like, by his side, who, like, because normally it's just all him. So, you know, now that Jeremy Grant is playing good, I that's that's why I think. <coughs> Excuse me. All the analysts I was listening to at the very beginning of the season were kind of like, you know, Portland's going to probably be maybe a play-in or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, if Lillard plays great, you know, it's his team. But, yeah, it seems like they've got maybe a better thing going on than just mm-hmm. um, Lillard playing out of his mind. Um, but it's hard to say. It's still relatively early. We're only in that's only like week four is in the in the in the books. Um, but there's a lot of basketball left to play. So uh, m- moving on, uh, Mark has actually skipped over a game um, from last week that I wanted you to talk about, and that is uh, one you got right. Um, Utah at Atlanta. Uh, you predicted it would be Utah over Atlanta, one twenty four, one twelve. Uh, the final score was actually one twenty five to 119 mm-hmm. which is pretty close uh, the game was closer than you thought it would be yeah and you predicted uh, Markinen uh, would be their top performer with 22 points 14 rebounds three assists and his stat line um was actually 32 points eight rebounds and a block mm-hmm. so yeah what's the deal uh with Markinen? is he for real is he gonna be um is he gonna be an all-star this year um I think he's definitely the type of guy that would get snubbed the all-star I don't think like I don't think he he's gonna put up those minutes or those sorry not minutes those points for the entire season. He might they I think they might drop a bit, but that he's still gonna be able to for sure be an all star contention. I mean he's on the Jazz right so yeah I wasn't I didn't I wasn't aware of how well he'd been playing like as aware of how well he'd been playing when I made that prediction, but yeah now I definitely realize that he seems to be the real deal. Yeah, and it's, uh, as we said before, I mean, he came over in that trade for Donovan Mitchell from Cleveland, and suddenly he's in a role where he's the team leader, and they have, it's not just him, they have other guys, um, you yeah. know, these these veteran players and some of these other guys that are supporting, and they seem to be playing really disciplined team basketball um, and, and winning, continuing yeah. to win. Yeah, I mean, I, it makes me a little, like, frustrated people just assume that there's no good players on the jazz yeah which is confusing because if you listen to these names like markinen colin sexton kelly olenek mike conley malik beasley like those are good players yeah they're all solid and yeah they've been playing great team basketball so well i've picked up uh i i this week i picked up malik beasley on wave uh, on waivers and, and fantasy and he had a great game for me and uh it, you know it made a difference this has probably been my best week in fantasy but we'll we'll get to fantasy later um well spencer you um and you had a prediction about the denver boston game um, which you were right about. Um, you predicted uh, Boston would, would beat Denver 115-107. It was in Boston, um, and in fact, they did win Boston uh, 131-112. to I guess no surprise there, really. Um, Boston's, you know, the Nuggets are a, a really good team, but Boston's definitely a better team. Um, and Tatum, of course, played out of his mind. What do you think the key to that game was? Yeah, um, I mean, the Celtics had crazy night offensively but I think the key was actually um, Jokic got into foul trouble pretty early and so he didn't get his uh, usual minutes and then when he went to the bench they just like tore things up Um, yeah they just went on crazy runs and just completely took advantage of Jokic being off the floor and that seems like how it's going to be for the Nuggets Um, 
it, unless Jamal Murray can sort of get back into his old rhythm, it mm-hmm. seems like. I mean, it's not like he played bad. He still had twenty nine points, Jokic. But you know, I do, I do think he, without Jokic, they they just really aren't anything special. I they're not. Think. They're not scary. No. Yeah, I mean, they're still eight and four. I mean, they're yeah, fifth, yeah, they're fifth in the West. Uh, they got the same record as the Suns, um, and they're better than the Mavericks. They're better than the Pelicans. They're mm-hmm. better than the Clippers. You know, uh, so yeah, they're. they're I've been trying to follow them more because you know Jamal Murray is on my fantasy team and he's a Canadian, and uh, they're kind of a interesting team in some ways. But they're kind of I've watched a couple of games and they they seem to disappear for for stretches and it's hard to it's hard to get a, a handle on just how good they're going to be. Um, so that was, that was last week. Um, pretty interesting week in the NBA, in my opinion. So you guys now collectively on your predictions that we've done, we did, uh, we kind of started this pattern, I think week, uh, week three. So, um, combined, um, Marcus and I'm kind of being arbitrary cause I excluded some of the games I asked you predict, but we'll, we'll, we'll call Marcus at two and six, but he's had some just just a little bit off, and Mark and, and Spencer, you're at three and six in your predictions so far. Um, we're going to try to keep a running count, but you know, um, I might abandon that too. Who knows? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so let's look ahead. I mean, uh, actually, you know what? I'd like to talk about fantasy a little bit. Um, as I mentioned, uh, uh, fantasy was it was a better week for me, but I'd like to hear what uh, fantasy is like for you guys. So we'll start. Uh, what was your week like in fantasy? I know you've been having a lot of problems with injuries, Marcus. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, you're in a head-to-head league. So, how did you do uh, this past week? I did good. I won. I won one thousand one hundred sixty-one to nine twenty-six. So, I mean, I've my the injuries have kind of faded a bit. Um, Who are your top performers? Let's see here, Shea. Gildress Alexander. Yeah, he's had a great yeah. week. Yeah. Kristaps Porzingis has been playing great for me. He's just been putting up points, like being effective and putting up points. Um, Draymond Green has been giving me good points. Um, and OG Ananobi. He's been play, good, like playing great for me. So yeah. yeah, I have Ananobi too, and he has been playing great, especially he's getting tons of time. And he's he's being leaned on as like he's got to be a top performer because with Siakam and now Freddie out, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to score and get rebounds. Yeah. And, um, Spencer, how's you, how did you do last week? You're also in a head-to-head fantasy league. Uh, yeah, last week I came 3-0, but in this current week, it should be over today. Um, you know, it's not going great, I'll be honest. Um, and why is that? Well, Siakam and Kyrie have are right. out for extended periods of time, and I've had a lot of stupid sort of injuries and just like small injuries all out this week. Um, so I, I'm down sixty going into t- today. I don't think I think it. I can still win. I have a couple more players playing, but also this week, like everyone's just been playing, sort of, eh, on my team. I don't know. It just seems like sort of a bit of an off week which sucks because I'm losing to someone who's own three right um and he was suddenly so, playing really well so it'll be t- tonight's games will be the deciding factor yes. whether you win the week or not but you still have a chance to win you think I still have a chance to win I think yeah we'll see I'm hopeful who do you need to perform well tonight to put you over the top um I'd love it if Westbrook had a great game um 
Jokic is playing, so DeRozan, Markinen, like my top oh. performers are playing tonight. Oh, yeah. So I I just need them all to play well, and I think I can totally still win this. Well, <clears throat> I've had probably maybe my best week um, so far um, because I, I was actually the on, on Wednesday. I'm, I'm in a rotisserie league, so it, it functions dif- differently. Um, but on Wednesday, after Wednesday's games, I had I was number one in my league. I, I made I got eight points overall, um, and so that was great. But I was so far down in the basement because of all the things I didn't know. I was doing some stupid. I had guys um, injured, and I didn't I didn't put them on injured reserve and add more bench guys and pick guys up on waivers when I could have. And I just did a few unforced errors and things that I wasn't fully you know, engaged in, in, in fixing. But, um, I sort of remedied that had a great Wednesday, um, was top of my league from the, I mean, considering I'm in last place, the fact that I could still be, you know, on any given day, I have good enough players, um, that I could do really well. And then again, um, was it a last night I was third best, um, in my league. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys went down in points. Um, I was one of only three, uh, or four who went up. And I had the third highest point total. So I'm pretty, I'm feeling encouraged uh, that I'm getting better at figuring out what to do and when to do it. Um, I've had some good uh, waiver wire pickups that have really helped me out uh, recently. And, um, you know, I I got Malik, I picked up Malik Beasley again. I had picked him up in the past, dropped him, picked him up again, and he's performed well. Pardon me. Oh my gosh, fully lost my voice there for a second. <clears throat> anyway, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about um, like the future. I'm in I'm in eleventh of twelfth place, but I'm sh- I'm showing I'm proving to myself that I actually can do um, better things. One thing I've noticed, I get notifications, so sometimes I'm up late watching uh, um, watching games and in, in, in bed or whatever on my phone, mm-hmm. and I'll see um, the guy who's in first place will. Right after, like the late game finishes, he immediately pick picks somebody up on waivers. Like he's looking ahead mm. to the following day, and mm. knows exactly who he's going to get and when. And he does it like the earliest possible time. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, this is somebody I'm pretty sure doesn't <laughs> doesn't have kids because yeah. he's like staying up to like you know one in the morning, like on the regular and snatching people off waivers before anyone else can get yeah. to them. Or I I yeah. just can't do that. I'm not going to mm. stay up that late, but. I, I can see he's and he's very active trading and on waivers and and he's guess what he's in first place. Yeah. I don't think I can compete at that level where I'm so on top <laughs> of it. But I generally try to make some decisions the following morning and I try to look at, you know, the injury status of of other teams and, you know, anyway. Uh but it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's a huge uh it's a it's a huge learning curve. I actually just got an email from somebody that's now to the group. He says he's threatening to take the number one spot away, and you know, gets. Uh, it's funny we don't use the chat on the app. It's like this yeah. email chain is where everybody does their trash talking for some reason. Just clogging up my email. Anyway, let's look ahead to um, to what's coming up this week. Um, we got a big game, uh, or not a big game, but an interesting game because again, the Nuggets. It's at Denver at Chicago. Uh, the Nuggets um, looking pretty good, as I said. They they are uh, they're an eight and four team. Chicago is very much a um, middle of the pack team. They're six and seven. It's hard. I, I don't really have a sense of. I don't think anybody expects them to go, you know, to make a big. 
play this year, but they're probably playing level team. So, Marcus, what do you think is going to happen uh, in that game, Denver and uh, at Chicago? I have Denver winning that one, one twenty to one hundred six, and I have Jokic as the leading scorer, as a leading scorer with twenty six points, nine rebounds, and four assists. Okay, great. And so that, and do you think that's all? What are the keys? beyond um, Jokic uh, for them to win that game? Uh, they definitely need Jamal Murray to play well. Um, I The Bulls are not a scary team. Um, if Jamal Murray can play well and Jokic can play well, I think that just seals the deal. Yeah. I noticed that Jamal, um, because he's on my fantasy team, I'm more aware of his stats, but I think it was the last game. I'm not sure who that was against. And I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to you know, waste time in this podcast, looking things up on my phone. But anyway, he, um, um, what's great about him is that even though he hasn't been lighting it up points wise, he definitely has been putting together some assists for me, um, which has been great. Yeah. He got a double, double actually the last game he had 10 assists and 14 points. Um, and that was in a loss against, against Boston, but nonetheless, um, I'll, I need assists, so it's great. You know, he, it's good to see that he's spreading the ball around because that helps that team a lot. And if Chicago does win, what do you think the reason will be? Um, I think the reason would definitely be just DeRozan and Levine playing out of their minds. Uh, DeRozan, DeRozan has been playing great. Levine, I know, I don't think Levine, Levine has been out for a bit. I think he's back. No, he's back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back. But yeah, they, they both of them need to play very well. Okay, so on, on Monday we've got um, OKC uh, at Boston. Um, we got a taste of what uh, OKC can do. Watch them play against the Raptors. We saw Shea play really well. They played a really solid team game against, granted, a depleted Raptors team. Now they're definitely outclassed by the Celtics. What do you think is going to happen in that game, Spencer? Um, no, I think the Celtics have this easy. Um I have Celtics 132 to 111, and I think Tatum's going to have 40 uh, points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Oh, that's yeah. pretty impressive. I mean, OKC, they, 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 they play defense pretty well. Am I right about that? Uh, uh, I mean, they have very good defensive players. they got Dort, who's yeah. like always been running for Defensive Player of the Year. And yeah. they were clearly were able to shut down the Raptors, so yeah. Yeah, but that's the, but, Rap, the yeah. Raptors didn't have any of their big weapons out there, so I mean, yeah. Um, well, I don't know who I've heard oh. that SGA is better on defense this year. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's, um, but yeah, shutting down the Celtics. Yeah, is a tall, I mean tall Tatum. Who's gonna guard Tatum? To be honest. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it. It, it should be an easy one. Okay, Marcus, so on Tuesday we have um, the Memphis Grizzlies against the New Orleans Pelicans. And that, to me, is an interesting game um, because um, I think there's really high expectations kind of on both teams. Um, the Grizzlies are, uh, you know, they're at number two, um, yeah. and the Pelicans are at number seven. I think both teams expect to be winners, expect to be uh, doing well. I can't remember how high did you pick the Grizzlies at the beginning of the year. I think I had them at three, I believe. What does it say on the board there? Uh, I, had, <laughs> I had them at yeah, I had them at three. Yeah, them at three. Okay, well they're sitting in in, in two right now, so they're they're tied um, 
with the with the Trailblazers at nine and four. Um, but anyway, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen in this game, Memphis uh, and New Orleans? Uh, I think Memphis is Memphis is going to win. Uh, I have them one oh six to ninety nine. Yeah, I have uh, the leading score to be John Morant, twenty six points, ten assists, and uh, three rebounds. Okay, and um, for for the Pelicans to have any chance to win, what do you think they have to do? They need to get their offense flowing with their starting lineup. Like uh, Valanciunas, whenever he plays good, it's great for the Pelicans. Um, obviously, Zion is probably the biggest key player. He always, if he performs, you know, it's always a great thing. So, yeah, and uh, you know, for me, I need I need. Herbie Jones to play well. Yeah. I don't think he goes by Herbie, but uh-huh. anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. And Spencer on Wednesday, we got, um, which I think is going to be an interesting game, but because mm-hmm. Cleveland needs to, you know, um, they need to get back on track. They've had, as, as of right now, I don't know who they play between now and then. Um, but anyway, they got a huge matchup against Milwaukee. I don't, uh, in Milwaukee, I don't know if Giannis is going to be back by then. And is Middleton out as well? Or is he? No, wait. Um, Maybe I'm getting crossed up there. Um, anyways, I don't know who is going to be on the floor for Milwaukee, but they seem to be able to play well, uh, even without Giannis. Yeah. Um, and Cleveland definitely, you know, as of right now, on a three-game losing skid. So, what are your what are your predictions for that game? Um. Well, I'm assuming here that. Uh, Giannis is going to play. He's day-to-day at this point, so we'll see. I hope so. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting game. I think Cleveland's going to come back stronger. Um, So I still have Milwaukee winning. It's going to be 124 to 120. Okay. And then, assuming Giannis is playing, I have him with 31 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. Okay. And... um how like how is Cleveland going to win that game if if they have any chance at all? Um, I don't know. I think if they if they can control Giannis and then sort of get their offense going, they've been struggling a little. But if they can figure things out, um, yeah, I think just you know trying to manage Giannis is probably the key there. Right. Um. Okay. And. uh Oh man, sorry. I keep getting notifications during this podcast for my for my fantasy mm. pool. All people are making transactions, and it just gives me generic notifications like transactions have been processed. And it's really <laughs> ominous because I don't know what the transactions are and if they negatively affect me. And one thing I'll say really quickly is that I've been getting some tips um, from some of the some of my friends who are in the league, kind of saying like, you know, you should do this, you should do that, recommending that maybe I should. For instance, uh, I got a recommendation like right now. Ananobi's probably worth a ton. Uh, like he's peaking trade-wise because mm-hmm. we don't. Uh, you're, I could probably get top value for him if somebody really needs mm. um, scoring because he's scoring and he, and also he gets you know blocks and steals. So um, because Siakam's out, but when yeah. Siakam comes back, his value is going to go down. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, true. 
I love it's you know obviously a Raptors fan love Ananobi I just love ha- having him on my team but yeah I, I, he, his numbers are going to be as good as ever now and if somebody's like desperate for for what he has now is the time for me to unload him yeah while it's still uncertain when Siakam's coming back um but then I could end up losing that if Siakam is actually out longer or it's worse, you know, that could end up messing me up. So I think that kind of stuff, I, 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 the, the trade thing is something I haven't waded into yet. And my, my point is also that I've realized the guys that are really good, they don't just check what their own teams are doing. They're constantly reviewing other people's teams mm-hmm. and other people's players and seeing where they're at and seeing how they perform. And, that's like it takes a lot of time to really be on top yeah. of it and to be like analyzing all the people that you're playing against and their teams yeah. and what they have and their strengths and weaknesses because th- that's the only way you can make an informed decision about trades. Um, anyway, for any of our listeners that are getting bored to death by all this fantasy talk, this is for you know, I'm a first time fantasy player, so if you're a first time fantasy player, um, these are things that are um, it, you need to learn. Um, and I'm finding it very quickly. If you're a seasoned fantasy player, this is just like basic stuff. But um, this is a podcast for people um, who who maybe are just starting to dabble in fantasy or just, you know, don't know that much about the NBA or, or all the finer points of how to perform well in fantasy or just um, all these different statistical categories that are important. Um, so, yeah, that's why we like to talk about it, just to get into the nitty gritty. Um, because a lot of a lot of the times the only thing there is out there on, in podcasts is fantasy discussion for it's assuming you know everything already and it's just making recommendations on who to pick up on waiver wire and who to things like that um but it's assuming that you know um how fantasy works and i've noticed that there isn't a lot of stuff out there podcasts out there that actually give you a sense of you know what it all means in the first place if you're Mm -hmm. new to fantasy so i'm trying to convey some of that information for any of our listeners that maybe don't know anyway um Moving right along, um, I think we're we're looking ahead now. Um, did we finish talking about uh, Cleveland and uh, and Milwaukee, Spencer? Yeah. yeah okay. So you made your predictions there. Um, so on Thursday, uh, another game that I think could be really interesting because uh, it's Brooklyn in Portland. Um, Marcus, I, I asked you to make a prediction for this, and I, f- I I think this one's really difficult because Dame's back playing really well. It's in Portland. They play really well there, but Brooklyn seems to be, you know, they've they put it back together mm-hmm. and s- somehow, and they look really scary um, with with Durant playing well. So, what do you think is going to happen in that game? Um, I I have the Nets winning. Um, it's going to be it would be super close in my opinion. I think it would be one twenty six to one twenty four for who for the Nets. Okay. I have Durant playing out of his mind, 34 points, uh, eight rebounds, and six assists. Okay. So you think it's all about Durant or yeah. what? You know, I mean, I have no idea. I don't know if would Kyrie be back by then. I don't Is that think so. Gonna be, I don't know. It, that whole situation seems yeah, weird. It's unclear. Yeah. So let's just, let's just assume he's not, and let's also assume that Simmons is like a non-factor. Yeah. How do they like it? Can't it's not just Durant. They got to put up more points. Like, what is the key to them performing well if Simmons is a non-factor and Kyrie's still out beyond Durant? Well, that's tough. I mean, I think Seth Curry for sure. Seth Curry needs to play well, and if I know Ben Simmons is like playing garbage, but if he can't have a good game, if he can just at least get some rebounds and assists, 
it would help the Nets out like a lot. And uh, I don't know. I think Patty Mills, he needs to hit his three, his corner threes, and yeah. And so, <clears throat> and Portland, what's what's the deal? Like, do they? They could win this game. I think oh, that's very yeah. realistic. They could win. Uh, Lillard, almost guaranteed if he's in the game, is going to have an amazing game. But what's mm-hmm. the key? What are they? Is it just about shutting down Durant, or what do they got to do? Well, the key is uh, to shut down. Yeah, shut down Durant, and like take away the three point factor for the Nets. The Nets are. I mean, they don't. They 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 have a pretty bad three point field goal percentage, but if you watch games, they do shoot them. Mm-hmm. And if Durant can shoot well from the three point line, like it's over. So <laughs> yeah, they need to shut down the three, like shut down Durant from just like shut down free throw line, like free throw shots. Uh, Nets are a very good team with their free throws, free throw percentages, and like yeah, remove Durant from the line, and yeah, just I think. Um, it's going to be, there's an interesting thing that I don't think people um, factor in sometimes. Um, Nurkic versus Claxton sort of matchup, they're both getting, averaging a lot of rebounds, and I think that's definitely keys for both their teams. Like, the Nets have crazy offense, so if Nick Claxton can go in, he's averaging nine rebounds and just get those boards. And same with Nurkic, he's averaging crazy rebounds too. I think um, yeah, like they both have pretty strong offenses, and if they can get those offensive boards, like one team, I think that could be a factor as well. That could be a deciding factor is who's who who cleans up on the offensive glass. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting um, looking at games from different angles like that. It just like kind of forget, yeah. you know, the, the, these sort of mm-hmm. like hidden aspects of games you know it's easy <clears throat> to interpret everything as like a star player performs so yeah. we see star players perform out of their minds all the time in a loss yeah. it happens yeah. all the time and sorry look at these stats from this next <clears throat> player Roy, Royce O'Neal mm-hmm. he's averaging like 11 points 4 assists and 5 rebounds that those type of guys are always going to be the key to like putting your team over the edge in games yeah. especially in late games because whenever these guys those guys type of guys play good it's, it's well coming off the bench yeah. and just being a factor. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's um, on the rise. Like if you're looking at fantasy, yeah. Royce O'Neal could be a great. Yeah. Uh, waiver I wouldn't be up. surprised if he's always picked if he's already picked up. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, it all depends on uh, you know a lot of guys, this is what I've gotten into the pattern of doing is I'll even drop guys that I think are pretty good but maybe not like mm-hmm. really great because I'm like I can just drop him, pick somebody else up that's playing yeah. tonight, yeah. right? So it's always that game of I need. You know, but then that can totally backfire because if you're the guy that you pick up uh, has a really terrible night, yeah. um, and then you miss out on the next game, that guy might score have twice as many points. You know, the, the mm-hmm. second you should have just held on to him, and you yeah. would have done better. So anyway, um, and then we have another game on Friday, uh, Spencer, um, Detroit. It's a it's sort of the battle of the bottom feeders. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, Detroit at L.A. playing the Lakers. Um, Detroit is sort of uh, I guess they're in the sort of, you know, let's tank sweepstakes kind of, <laughs> yeah. kind of. But they got some young players that are interesting as well, um, from what I hear. Um, not that I, I could name any of them because, uh, um, 
yeah, uh, certain things I have a hard time remembering, and that's one of them. The <laughs> the lineup of the of the of the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Um, although when I was a kid, I could name probably their entire starting lineup because that was in the glory days of uh, Isaiah Thomas and and Rodman and that whole gang. Uh, anyway, um, they're playing the Lakers in L.A. Um, after that, they're little. They're <laughs> you know they had their two wins. Uh, I guess that was week three. L.A. They've just yeah. been absolutely terrible since once again uh so what's going to happen in that game spencer um i don't know i wouldn't say they've been terrible since i'd say they've had a couple close games they're having trouble winning but sure i would say overall they are improving yeah um and they're really good defensively still yeah Yeah. so i i have the lakers um winning this uh 121 to 110 I, I I don't I really just think they're going to have a great game here. Um I had LeBron with twenty seven points, five rebounds, five assists. Um, but I think the key for the Lakers would be Westbrook um coming off the bench with a great performance. That seems like it has been sort of their new secret for success when Russ can just come off the bench with some insane energy and play amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their their problem continues to be um, shooting. Like, there aren't they yeah. one of the worst? Yeah, um, LeBron shooting. having. They're the, I think yeah. they're the worst shooting team in the NBA. Are they? I maybe. I think they might be. LeBron LeBron is having the worst uh, three point uh, percentage of his career right now yeah. as well. Um, and but also Pistons, Cade Cunningham. I think he might be oh, out. Yeah. So. Did you just see something there, Mark? I see the three-point field goal percentage for the Lakers is 9.4%. That is is the worst I've ever seen. That is absolutely terrible. Yeah. That's like a percentage, like the first year that a team would have the first year the three-point line was introduced in the NBA. That's like a 1979 level. And I bet you you I wasn't even... Are we sure about it? Look at this. You sure about that? Nine, that there's no seven. way. That, that seems that so feels... absurd. Although, okay. oh wait, here, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> like it's still, it's still bad. Okay. It's that's just that's his three point field goal. So that's how many three points they average a game. Oh, okay. Which is yeah. Anyways, the three point field goal percentage is like is twenty nine percent. Okay. It's still the, the best teams are what up. It's they're in thirtieth. It's still the worst. Still the, the worst. worst. Right. Yeah, yeah. If, if and even their yeah. field goal percentage generally, that it was three points, but just their field goal percentage generally is probably pretty bad. They don't really yeah. have shooters. That's not really their game. That's not what they're designed no, to do. No, but as a that's team, what right? they seem to be doing anyways. Yeah. Well, you got to shoot sometimes. Yeah. I guess. You know? But yeah. Like what's his face, Lonnie Walker yeah. is a pretty good. Seems to be a pretty good three point shooter. <clears throat> um, all right. So that's that's great. Um, we got some. We got some. Predictions. There was a couple things that we didn't cover um, about <clears throat> that I think are still some uh, interesting things going on. Um, one of them is just talking about the Warriors. Um, once again, they're five and seven. They're in eleventh place in the West. I don't think anybody thought that was going to be the case. Um, in fact, I think I have Spencer. You picked them as finishing second, and yeah. Marcus also picked them finishing second. Right now, they're sitting in eleventh. It seems like. Um, it seemed, uh, although on uh, on Friday night they won over the Cavs and Curry scored 40 that night and played really well. And what's interesting, and I've heard this analysis, is like Curry's playing well, Draymond's yeah. playing pretty well, um, but it's it's 
it's the it's, it, yeah. it's the bench is the problem again, and also Poole hasn't been playing well, Poole, and Clay hasn't Clay, been playing no. well. No, that's exactly so, what I had down. <laughs> right, here. right. So um, yeah. And what? So how do you fix this problem? Is it is are they those guys like you need Jordan Poole to play well? Otherwise, yeah. I you know. It. I don't even know. It's just disappointing. Um, I think yeah, Curry just needs help. Draymond, you know, obviously offensively he's not. Yeah, you know, amazing, yeah. but or points, I should say. Um, but he's playing his role yeah. the way he should be. Um, Clay playing okay, not his old self for sure. Poole, um, disappointing. James Wiseman, pretty disappointing. Yeah. Um, like, I guess the Warriors did lose some bench um, pieces, like Otto Porter, for example. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It just, it's also, it, I don't know what, I don't know what's happening. Marcus says Wiggins their second best player now. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he's definitely yeah he's their second best player. But I'll say it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it once. Say it. I'll say it again. Um, they the the Warriors have no depth. They have their starting lineup and then it just like it's just not very good players. Yeah. <laughs> past they lost a ton of their bench guys. I truly believe that that is why they are losing. Their bench yeah. guys coming off the bench were so effective in the playoffs and in the regular season. Now it's just like it's just not looking good for their Yeah. <clears throat> um and but uh Spencer did bring up guys like Wiseman, like had a lot, you know, mm-hmm. higher expectations and mm-hmm. they just haven't played well. Yeah, like seven point three points per game for Wiseman, four rebounds, which is completely Yeah, like, like yeah. For a, you're, a guy you're seven that, feet and you're getting four rebounds, like Yeah, on. that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it. But what's wrong with Clay? What's the deal with Clay? Like Clay just seems to be like <laughs> he's averaging like 15 points. It's like he's never going to be as good as he was and he's mm-hmm. stated in a press conference he knows that. Right. <laughs> and he's like he's just like an average shooting guard. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean he was on a, you know, this lineup, it, it's the same lineup except that the bench is different. That's yeah, your, yeah. that's that, the difference between this yeah, year and last year. Exactly. But it feel at the same time it's like if Curry can go out and score 40 and beat a, a decent team like the Cavaliers on, you know, yeah. it, it's weird because a lot of you know, a lot of uh analysts were like, "Oh, it's it's getting too late for them. They're getting too old." All that, but it's the old guys are the ones who are playing well, mm. right? Well, it's Curry and Dr- like and Wiggins is fine too. Wiggins, yeah, he, I'd still say not as good as last year, still. But but like he's okay. He's playing. He's they, what solid. do they pay? They're paying Jordan Poole 180 million dollars yeah, over so the next Jordan five Poole seasons. Like is a buddy, no. like yeah. that's superstar money. You better you never know. Bring something to the table. Draymond Green might have uh, messed with him permanently. Mess yeah, just yeah. damaged him and just uh, damaged the franchise on the way out. Um, well, I'll say sorry. Like what you'll notice with teams who have no depth. They'll come out and they'll beat a very good team on a night. Yeah. And because they'll have a few bench guys who just end up playing really well and then all their starters play out like very well. Yeah. And that'll just like yeah. happen. But imagine if Curry's out and say say Curry and Wiggins are out because they're just injured, like they're not, not they're not gonna beat over. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Well that yeah, it's just interesting to follow them because they're they're definitely underperforming. People don't really you know, and it, it's interesting just to see these teams that the, the I would say by far in the West they're the biggest disappointment. Mm, um, yeah, like the, for them to have a worse record than the Clippers, a worse record than the, the Spurs. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, and uh, I mean the only I'd say the other big disappointing team in the West uh, is the Timberwolves. Like, what is wrong with the Timberwolves? I called it like, why would you like trade for Rudy Gobert? You have a dominant center who leads the offense, and then you bring in another dominant center. Mm. Like, it just seemed like an, a crazy move, and it just it. I just don't think it makes sense, and it. I feel like they're five and eight. What that, do you think? That's, the problems with the I don't think that's the issue at all. I think the okay. issue is in like when he was on the the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. Like he got Donovan Mitchell passed Gobert the ball like once per game, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, Donovan Mitchell, he's a like he doesn't pass. It was big man. It's a whole issue." Now he's on the Cavs, and he's racking up assists with Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, and Jared Allen was getting like. 10 touches like in the paint like lots of touches in the paint and then you look at Rudy Gobert nothing's changed so possibly the problem is Rudy Gobert not like not Jonathan Mitchell which what people are saying and I think he's just he's maybe possibly like a bit overrated in a way like sure. but it's not just him because I've heard um um uh, I mean, it's yeah. That's I think fine. D'Angelo Russell has, hasn't been playing. But like, well. let's say if you brought in Jared Allen instead of Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves, I think the Timberwolves will be or way better. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, it's just um, yeah, that's all right. Um, well, who who? Okay, so let's just run down their their star players and who who's performing and who isn't. And is it a te- is it a system problem or is it individual players? Okay, so Gobert, fine. But he's new. Maybe they'll figure that out. Maybe they'll, you know, because he's had a couple of pretty good games. Um, He had a game where he had like 20 rebounds, which isn't like you want want him to score as well more. But um, it's not like... It's not like he's been absolutely trash. I know. I just think they haven't figured... I just don't think they've figured out the system or how to, you know... Yeah. I mean, I just don't think... I don't know if there is a system that will work with this lineup is what I'm trying to say. Like, I think that they can still have good games where both Cat and Rudy uh, play well, but I just don't think it makes sense. And they have, I don't know, defensively in the big man position, they're great defensively. But I don't know. Ever, like, Anthony Edwards, he's not the best defensive player, right? Like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, and it just seems like they don't have. Okay. Um, yeah, no. It, I don't know. Uh, sorry. Um, but who, I mean, um, people have criticized them um, for other reasons, not just the Gobert. Basically, like, obviously, coaches take a lot. I've mm-hmm. also heard, like, some of their comments in the press have been about like from the team members themselves an, an effort problem just like a straight mm-hmm. up like true that not, actually has been a criticism for a while yeah, yeah just like they're not showing up with the level of intensity that they need to win in the nba mm-hmm. and it's like guys you just you made all these trades to like you're supposed this is supposed to be a year where it all happens mm-hmm. or at least yeah. you're considerably better and if effort's the problem well, what yeah. does that even mean well i i feel like especially the like with rudy gobert and when he was on the Jazz, yeah, he was, like, constantly, like, complaining about why he wasn't getting any touches from his point from his guards. And now he's on the Timberwolves, and it's kind of the same story. He's not getting barely any—he's barely getting any points when he should be. He's a seven-foot 
seven foot like one center. So I just honestly think the problem is Rudy Gobert not meshing well with teams, and that might be a problem in the future with him. I mean, I guess so. It's yeah. I just I find I find Rudy Gobert to be a bit like like from what I've seen so far when he's on the Jazz and the Timberwolves, it's almost been a bit problematic for certain teams. Yeah. yeah. People I mean, said that uh, Edwards showed up um, to camp not like out of shape, yeah. and that yeah. Well, of... he's always had that problem too, like kind of immature, not really. Doesn't seem like he he wants it. He doesn't. Yeah, because that that definitely, if he's your like you know team star in a way, or yeah. want yeah. you know, and he f- is setting the tone in terms of effort or in terms of like not looking prepared or whatever, that definitely doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so th- those are—I mean, those are clearly the big um, disappointing teams in uh, in the West. I would say are are the Timberwolves and the Warriors right now. Um, and the East kind of seems like it's shaping up. Like the Sixers still are are only six and seven, but they seem like if they might be able to figure it out if Embiid stays yeah. healthy. And they're you know the Nets again. Like yeah, they're de- six and seven as well, but you're kind of like, maybe they are going to figure it out and come back and be a threat. Although, um, yeah, no one really knows with them. And then the Heat, you know, and Raptors, like, we might as well start, we might might as well talk about Raptors a little bit. You know, they're very much middle of the pack now. They're 500. They've just uh, lost two in a row to some bad teams. They lost um, last night. We watched a a disappointing loss to um, the Pacers. And then before that, they lost to Oklahoma City. Um, Although, you know, to the credit of both the Pacers and Oklahoma City, they played well and they 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 yeah. t- totally took advantage of the weakened Raptors and did what they had yeah. to do to beat them. And I, like you know, you know, all due respect to Malachi, he's playing hard and all that, but like watching him loft up like five three pointers yeah. that don't go in is just no. like it's soul crushing because you're like <laughs> even if half of even if you know half of them or even a few of them go in like that could be the difference no. in the game right mm-hmm. and you it's just kind of like demoralizing um and same with um you know and then it's like th- thank goodness like Boucher can come off the bench yeah. and play like get 20 points and like a bunch of rebounds and kind of like be intense because I think that's the key if they're going to lose a couple of these games they still need mm-hmm. to come out and have a couple guys like Boucher mm-hmm. and 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 also Scotty that look like they're like they're going to do whatever they yeah. have to do to win. And even if they come up short, they just can't, they cannot, mm. you know, get into yeah. that funk. And granted, I think they had that, those were the games four and five of five games they played in seven days. Yeah. So definitely it, it's, it's wearing them tired. down. Yeah. They're tired. They're not, and they, they, they don't have Siakam. They don't have Freddie for one and a half of those last two games. Cause he left, I think in the third quarter of the game against OKC with a non COVID illness, whatever that means. Um, it's anyway, what's, you know, the Raptors, what do you, what's it, what's it going to take? I think they're playing Monday night, um, maybe in Detroit or something like that. Um, I'm not sure what the schedule is for them next week, but I think they, they, they play Monday and then they're back home for a couple games or something like that. Anyway, I'm just, what do you think? Uh, what do you think with, with the Raptors? What's, what's it going to take for them to get back on track, Spencer? Um, I, I think first of all, I think they need some rest. I think they need to sort of recalibrate. They're going to have to figure things out with a new lineup. 
And I think it just comes down to intensity. We need someone to step up. If that's got to be Scotty or OG, like, I think we need that. Um, yeah. You know, just there was some disappointing performances. It really just seemed like we came out with no energy. Gary Trent was disappointing. Um, you know, Scotty, it seems like he's had, like, he starts off games pretty rough. And yeah. it, it's tough to see. And sometimes he can, he definitely gets it together by the end. Yeah. Um, but the only constant that I've seen has been OG. Yeah. Well, OG's been playing great, and he has to, but it's, it's. I mean, it's such a double-edged sword because it's sad to see him with these almost dominant performances. Like, defensively, he's incredible. Oh, yeah. And, and then to put up so many points, but they're just in losses, right? Mm, just because yeah. he, he, he knows that he, like, he has to perform, otherwise they have no chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then just, like, the, the bench is, is not... No, our yeah. bench, like... That's I've just been saying this. If we're gonna have a couple starters or like main like main bench guys as in like Boucher or Precious out, mm-hmm. I'm not confident in our team. Yeah. I don't want Malachi Flynn leading the offense. Like, especially if he's just going to take step back threes and just brick and, them and just waste possessions. Yeah. No, it's brutal. But at the same time, like that's what he's supposed to do. He is, like, except yeah. he just can't hit the shots. I know his moves know. are okay. Like, yeah, yeah. And even and watching Scotty loft up of quite a, like because he's basically yeah. you know, you know, handling the ball and then seeing him, he's have, struggling shooting and he's much yeah. more effective when he uses his large body to uh, you know yeah. push push mm-hmm. his way toward the to, toward the basket and make something happen that way. Um, well, the Raptors have a later week this week. They play uh, Detroit yeah. on Monday. They play the Heat on Wednesday, and then they don't play again until Saturday, and that's um, they're playing the Hawks. Yeah. So hopefully um, – uh, and those and the, the, the game against um, – so they're playing in Detroit, then they're back home for the Heat. So the, the travel isn't that crazy. Um, hopefully they can recoup a little bit. Hopefully we get some good news on the Siakam front. On the pre- Precious seems like he could be out it for a long time. It looks really bad. It looks bad for his – whatever's happening there um and then uh yeah so those let's hope that they can i mean if freddie's back and he yeah. can hit some shots I mean, and scotty plays better and you know ananobi keeps doing what he's doing and boucher keeps doing what he's mm-hmm. doing they, those are some winnable games the detroit game's definitely winnable mm-hmm. i don't think i don't know if we can consider that based on the sort of pistons curse yeah um, we, we cannot beat the pistons yeah. for zero reason <laughs> their lineup has mm-hmm. changed we can't I don't yeah, know, I know what I know. It's well, well Dwayne Casey. Good, Dwayne Dwayne is Casey. The, yeah. probably the factor he knows us. Yeah, but I'm. But uh, I'm always scared such of a the different Pistons. look compared to like. It's but yeah. that's what it is yeah. every year, yeah. and we just yeah. we haven't. I don't think we beat them last season once. No, nope, we didn't. Yeah. Well, I think like they're coming off two losses, and Detroit is not a good I team. So. The, the Raptors have to put something yeah. together for that yeah. game. That's just the way sure. it is. It should be. They have to put together a maximum effort because they can't let this slide get any worse. Um, all right, so <clears throat> that's it for the Raptors. So I have a couple quick. We're gonna do a couple segments here um, that are basically trivia segments. So, um, and so the first segment is called um, "What's my stat line?" Okay. So this is probably this could be an easy one. So the idea of this is I give you um, a stat line and a date, and then you try to come up with a player. All right. Okay. So I mean, this one will be for, for Marcus, and if he doesn't get it, then I'll go to you. But um, So 
The date is December 13th, 1993. Okay. And the stat line is zero points, zero assists. Oh. Zero steals, 20 rebounds. Okay, come on. I got it. Okay, who is it? Dennis Rodman. Yes, it is Dennis Rodman uh, playing in a loss. Um, playing for the Spurs in a uh, in a loss. Actually, hold on. I don't know if he was on the Spurs. And, yeah, he was in '93. I don't know who it was who they're playing against. But anyways, it was a that is an easy one. I figured you'd <laughs> yeah. pick up on that one. But uh, 20 rebounds and no other statistical. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, no other significant stats. Uh, he had seven offensive rebounds and 13 defensive rebounds in that game. Um, all right, so the next one, the next thing we're going to do is, uh, and this will be an easy one. We'll do, we'll bring this one back, but this this probably actually won't be as easy for you, Spencer. Okay. But <clears throat> this this game is called What Year Is It? So I give you um, some information, and then you have to guess the year. All right. Okay. So. At the end of the season, the Portland Trailblazers had a record of 63 and 19, and their team leader was Clyde Drexler. What year is it? Uh, I'm trying to remember how old Clyde Drexler is. I know he's commentating. Er, um, 19. So far, so good. 84. Oh, the answer is 1991. One. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, and that, <clears throat> that was, you know, Clyde the Glide was a great, um, a great uh, shooting guard, I think. Um, he was uh, the team leader of the Trailblazers. They were one of the, in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, they were one of yeah. the best teams in the West, and he was their leader. Yeah. Um, so the year was 1991 um, when they finished 63 and 19, which is pretty. Pretty hot record in the NBA. Um, so we'll uh, we'll do more of these. So <clears throat> the stat line game and the, the year game, and we'll sort of mix it up. And I'll try to uh, I'll get a little bit harder. I knew you were going to know that Robin one because <laughs> that one's pretty well known. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they get they can they can get pretty hard because some of the stat lines that have happened in NBA history are really hard. And obviously, the further you go back in the past, the harder yeah. it is. Um, but anyway, I think that was a, a great show. Uh, thank you to our our listeners and. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week on Orange Ball Juice. Bye-bye for now. I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs>